Marketplace is supported by Putnam Investments, celebrating over 70 years of service to financial advisors, their clients, and institutions worldwide. Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Produced in association with the University of Southern California. Senate Banking Committee Chairman Christopher Dodd said no mas today. Thanks, but no thanks to running again this November. We will leave the political calculations on that to others, but where does this leave the chances for reform on Wall Street? From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Elance, where businesses can connect with programmers, designers, marketers, and other independent professionals to get jobs done. You can build a team online at elance.com. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. It is Wednesday, the 6th of January. Today, great to have you here. Christopher Dodd is close. Some say too close to the banking and insurance industries. That, in part, was why his political prospects were so dim that he has decided not to run for re-election. But all of that said, he was leading the Senate's work on Wall Street reform. So we asked our Washington Bureau Chief John Dimsdale what happens now. Advocates for stronger regulatory oversight of the banking industry hope Dodd can now be a more open ally. They say Dodd no longer has to worry about how his reforms play with voters back home and should be more immune to the lobbying clout of big banks. His reform proposal would consolidate numerous existing bank regulators into one super cop. And that works for Heather Booth, the director of Americans for Financial Reform. We appreciate the leadership he's provided and have never thought this was the time for politics, but the time for reining in the greedy and reckless behavior of the big banks, and that's what we think Senator Dodd will do at this point. But as a lame duck, Dodd loses political clout. Washington's attention will shift to Dodd's successor on the banking committee, Senator Tim Johnson from South Dakota. Mark Calabria, a former Republican staff member on the committee, says Dodd's announcement could hurt chances for reform. This strengthens the hand of those who would push for delay because you know that you're not going to have to deal with him next year. And there's a general sense, certainly among the financial services industry, that Tim Johnson is a little easier to deal with from their perspective. Bank lobbyists say they still expect Dodd to find a bipartisan Senate solution, which must be reconciled with a version already passed by the House. But Calabria says Dodd wants a bold reform bill as a legacy for his three decades in the Senate, and he'll do all he can to shepherd that legislation through before he leaves. In Washington, I'm John Dimsdale for Marketplace. There was yet more not entirely promising news from the world of retail today. Macy's says it's closing five stores that weren't earning their keep in cities from Burlington, New Jersey, all the way to Missoula, Montana. In a lot of malls out there, Macy's is what's called an anchor tenant. It takes up the biggest retail space, and it helps draw customers who then spend money at, I don't know, Yankee Candle or Panda Express or something. Solid anchors are vital in both traditional malls and at strip malls. But Marketplace's Jeremy Hobson reports those two types of malls are reacting to the economy somewhat differently. If you look at vacancy rates, you'll see that regional shopping malls are around 8% empty, while strip malls are around 11% empty. Hassam Naji is managing director at Marcus and Millichap Real Estate Investment Services. He says one reason for the difference is an oversupply of strip malls. They're cheaper and easier to build than great big gallerias. Because of the housing boom, there was a lot more construction of strip malls in reaction to the overheated housing market than there was construction of new malls. 
Plus, he says big shopping malls are more immune to the recession because thanks to their food courts and movie theaters, they have an entertainment value that strip malls don't have. You also have to take a look at the tenant mix that makes up a lot of demand for strip centers. And unfortunately, a lot of them are local, smaller retailers that are under a lot of pressure right now. Unlike chain stores that you see in a shopping mall, which don't have to rely on just one location for business. Dan Fasulo is managing director at Real Capital Analytics. He says strip mall performance varies from town to town. He told me about one he recently came across in Las Vegas. There's one strip center that's legitimately in the middle of a desert. And you can see kind of all the residential plots that were laid out around it. Now, that residential development that was going to follow did not happen. It's certainly going to have an impact on the performance of the center.